0: Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. Men, the registration for the next session of Tribe that will begin December 1st, 2020 is already open. We've already had men sign up and secure their spot. You can go to thepursuitofmanliness.com forward slash tribe. There you will find a plethora of information about Tribe, what it is. There's a video of me talking about it. There's a lot of questions answered at the bottom of that page, and you can also find the link to register. Again, the next session of Tribe will begin December 1st, 2020. You can secure your spot today. Well, man, at this time, I want to introduce Brian seriously to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. Brian, thank you, brother, for making time and being on today's
1: show. No, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to to you and and just to share what the Protestant group is doing and the importance of situational awareness, especially with all the divisiveness going on in our, in our country today. Brian, I, I, I love this topic. I believe in it.
0: Um, when I think about situational awareness, I think it bleeds into all aspects of our lives, um, physical, mental, sp- spiritual, etc. But before we get into any of that stuff, would you just introduce
1: who you are, the group that you're part of, what you do, and we'll go from there. Uh, Brian Searcy, I'm the founder and president of the Produs Group. I'm a retired Air Force colonel, stood 23 years in the Air Force, um, then did some leadership coaching and mentoring, then helped my wife build her apparel screen printing company. Um, Then I put together a program with a very good friend of mine uh, to try and bring personal skill development to high school kids, as it's unfortunately kids coming out of college today, going into the workforce, over 72% of them don't have personal skills. Which makes it very, very difficult to be successful in business, much less to be successful in life. But then a couple shootings that happened with the Parkland shooting, the Santa Fe shooting, I was brought in and with about 13 other uh, believers looking at how do we solve the active shooter problem. And through that education process, I realized it's not just active shooter, uh, situational awareness. And the threats that we face today are pervasive. Um, It's like I said, it's not just active shooter. You've got human trafficking, sexual assault, sexual harassment. And these are happening in the workplace. They're happening in schools. They're happening in the home. And it's a lack of education and a lack of ability to identify changes in behavior that is allowing this to grow and get worse. So in the Paratus Group, we put together programs to teach situation awareness to schools, churches, and businesses, but even more important, directly into the home so parents can learn these skills and then allow these skills to be learned by their kids. It feels like oftentimes when you're
0: talking about these conversations or you're talking about situational awareness or, or people will say, well, you're being paranoid, you're, you're fear-mongering, you're trying to do something. Well, we're not being paranoid. We're talking about being prepared and being very aware of your surroundings so how, how do you start that conversation how do you introduce people to no, this is very real evil is very real you are very vulnerable if you want to keep your head in the sand but here's something you can do about
1: it well you're absolutely right uh, being prepared whether it's to take a test and that's where most of the literature that has been written by professionals uh, talks about the fact that people that are paranoid and get scared can totally change that around when they are prepared Uh, General Eisenhower uh, said all the time that plans really are irrelevant, but planning is essential. And it's through that planning and preparation that you put yourself in, in, in a state where you can be relaxed, you can be calm, you understand that evil is out there, you're not looking for it, but because you've learned situational awareness and you've developed your own process to identify it, now that God-given ability that we all have to have the hair on the back of your neck, stand up, or to get that gut feeling when something bad might happen. It's all about knowing that you have that it's trusting it when it happens and then have having had the process over a period of time to train what we call your lizard brain. So you're ready to to do something when that happens. And that's where most people fail. They might get that hair on the neck, back of their neck, stand up, but they ignore it which means they can't prevent something from happening. They can't remove themselves from potentially being a victim. And then they're certainly not prepared to react in case something happens. Yeah, because, you know, often when you see a a circumstance happen on television
0: or you read about it on your social media, whatever, my first thought is, okay, what would I have done if I were in that situation? Or how do I... How would I think through things that i I would not be in that scenario? i'm not walking downtown at you know one in the morning? well how do I avoid you know whatever the scenarios are and it doesn 't have to be one in the morning it doesn't have to be downtown it's literally in your grocery store, as you said, in our churches, our workplaces our neighborhoods it's It's very aware you talk about that that hair on your neck standing up we we call that discernment you've been given the gift of discernment to say you know something isn't right. How do you know when hey, something isn't right and I either need to leave, which is all typically a wise thing to do, or maybe I do need to step in and, and make the initial contact or
1: whatever needs to happen once, the, once you realize something's off here. Yeah, so you're starting to get into the nuts and bolts of what we teach. Um, and, and when I say teach, we provide content for people to learn because I, I talk all the time about how anytime we address this type of situation – We've been failing forever to give people these skills. Um, This is a learned skill, not a skill that you learn in a, that you sit down and are taught for two hours. Um, It takes time to develop a mindset and behavior. It takes at least 90 days to do that. Number one. And then number two, it has to be personal. You have to develop it for yourself. Um, You and I have different perspectives. You and I have different trainings. Um, We're probably both sheepdog and we're going to run to the gunfire but it's important to know what your capabilities are. Um, and that's a big part of what our training is. Um, you talked about, you know, this discernment that we all have. That's true. But when I was younger, it was taught to me by my parents. And today that's not happening. So that's why we need to reintroduce the learning of these skills. So over time you develop that mindset and that behavior. Because, And I talked about training your lizard brain. We teach a process, a five-step process, that every time you walk into a coffee shop, for example, every time you go through a, the first three steps, which is you identify, okay, is there anything here that's, that's out of the ordinary that concerns me? You do an assessment, okay? Can I sit so my back's not to the door? Where are the exits? Are there cameras? Is there added security? And then predict, what would I do today if? When you do that over and over and over again, you're training that lizard brain so that you have the ability to be as left of bang as possible and see that's the other thing that we teach. Most companies in this space will come in and tell you what to do if something bad happens. We want you to have the ability to identify potentially dangerous situations so that you can keep them from happening because you know to call the police or to get security or if you have certain skills you can intervene or you take your family and you leave and you remove yourself from that situation or to your point, don't drive downtown in a city where they're potentially going to be having riots and put yourself in a position where you might be a victim. That's all about these processes that we establish. And then, like I said, our focus right now is to bring this directly into the families so that they can learn these skills, make sure their kids learn these skills, so that we all can start taking responsibility for our own safety and then actually the safety of our own communities. Yeah, I remember being in a scenario, I don't know, a number of years ago, we're in a mall on like...
0: I don't know. There was a holiday season and the mall was packed and everybody in our crew was down eating food in the food court and they're getting ready to go to the next thing and they're having a holly jolly Christmas. And uh, I'm standing up and I got my head on a swivel. I know where the, I know where the exit is and I'm looking at the escalators and I'm looking around and they're like, you're not going to eat. And uh, I'm not trying to be paranoid. I'm on, I'm on the clock. Okay. So yep. if something goes sideways, this is what, this is what I think we're going to do. And I'm, I'm even I'm trying to identify. I think that guy would be on my team. I think that guy, I'm looking around, and listen, I I think this is important because we, whatever means you decide to do it, we have a responsibility to protect. Love protects. It is a non-negotiable. So however you want to go about it is fine. I think the key is something you said there, that left of bang. Could you explain what that is? Because I I love this idea. Once you grab that idea, I think it's a game changer, the way that you look at going out to eat, the way you look at, you know, shutting down your house for
1: the night, whatever. Right. So the bang is the bad thing that's going to happen. And so left of bang, and as far as possible, left of bang is how we prevent things from happening. And again, most companies in my space are just dealing with active shooter. The chance of an active shooter happening are, are really, really small. The outcome could be catastrophic, but the chances of it happening are very, very small. But when you look at all the other threats that I, that I mentioned a, a few minutes ago with human trafficking, assault, kidnapping... Um, all of these things that are going on. And, and by the way, they're being exacerbated during COVID-19. Um, but with all of these things going on, that's why it's so important to have that situation awareness mindset so that you do trust that hair on the back of your neck when you're, when it stands up. So as far left of bang as possible, you can start something, you can stop something from happening. But even more important within that we teach eight critical skills that you have personal skills that you have to have to have situation awareness. And what that allows you to do is two things. First off, it gives you the ability to identify changes in behavior. All too often today, we go through our lives and we're not paying attention to what's going on with our friends, with our family. So if something's happening in their life that changes their mood, that changes their behavior, we don't notice it because we haven't taught ourselves to notice it. But if you have a family member or a friend or somebody at church that Every single day they come in on a Sunday and they're happy, and then all of a sudden on a Sunday they come in and they're not happy. They're downtrodden. They don't want to talk to you. They're looking down all the time. If you've learned situation awareness and you've identified that change in behavior and you've developed empathy and that ability to care for others, which is one of the eight skills, now you can get them the help that they need to figure out what's going on. and It could be just as simple as a conversation, somebody recognizing it. But that's what's going on in our society today is we're not identifying those changes in behavior. And that's that left of bang. So it's, it goes even further than a potential bad thing happening in a coffee shop. It goes all the way back to identifying early on when somebody's mood has changed that something's going on in their life that especially we as believers and Christians can pour into them and help them through that process. Um, it takes weeks to get through a mood Months usually are temperament, and then you get a way that you're going to live your life after it gets to about a year. We want to get as far left of bang as possible to give people the help that they need so they don't become suicidal, so they don't transition into drug abuse or alcohol abuse or domestic violence, or the list can go on and on.
0: I've used the, the left of bang analogy for even uh, marriage counseling. You know, you, you, you could have went – you were talking about a timeline. When you go left of the timeline, here's the things that led to that. You, you stopped – you know, you were selfish. You, you, you played in four basketball leagues. You were, you know, working three – whatever it is. And then you have bang. This is the moment where she says, I don't want to be married to you no more. And then you try to work on the right side of that timeline. Brother, the problem was years Absolutely. ago. You, you were oblivious or, you, for whatever reason, chose not to address – and when you
1: start to develop that, that skill, I think it bleeds over into other areas of life. Well, that's exactly right. And that's one of the reasons why we, met, we marry up the eight critical personal skills with situational awareness. You can't have situational awareness without having these eight critical skills, one of which is you have to be able to listen. So if I were to ask you in most conversations that you have today, do people listen to respond because they want to answer their opinion? or are they listening to learn? Yep, so they're listening to learn, right? So Oh, it's that's, respond all the time, it's, it's always respond. That's one of the key things that we have to change, and, you can't, and here's the other key thing with that, you can't solve problems if you don't listen to learn. Um, you have to have perspective, you have to be able to think critically. There's The final one I already mentioned is, is empathy. Without empathy, you can't help take responsibility for your community, so situation awareness, in and of itself, like I've, we've said, you call it discernment. It's a God-given gift that we all have. So the solution is actually easy. What we just need to do is provide the tool so people can develop the skill and make it their own skill. And that's where we have to break you know, uh, Eisenhower's definition of insanity, where we keep doing the same thing over and over again and want something different to happen. That's how we do things now. We give somebody a one-hour course on situation awareness, and now, boom, poof, you've got situation awareness instead of a program like we have that takes at least 90 days for you to develop that skill. Oh, absolutely. I you know, it, it's not just
0: reading a book or getting a downloadable PDF. It's I remember talking to a guy a couple of years ago who works higher up and he just said one of the skills you need to develop is as soon as you get out of the car, whether it's home, grocery store, whatever, count the people. He said just start looking around and counting the people around you and you'll say, "Well, that doesn't belong" or "that's abnormal" or that that person you know, is wearing a winter coat in, you know, in summertime or whatever. But he said, even if you're counting nobody, just starting to develop the skill of, of keeping, I call it keeping your head on a swivel, the same way a football player who runs across the middle is mindful of any potential guy who's going to just drill him. While it may not always be drilling, like you said sometimes i 've noticed you know maybe a little kid on a bike and you 're like where 's the parent you know where where 's the adult or we had a stray dog or there 's a maybe a car that 's rolling down the street with nobody in it whatever you 're not talking about always the active shooter scenario you 're talking about just
1: functioning in life well absolutely, and what you just described is how we as members of our communities can help take responsibility for the safety of our communities because we 're looking out for those people that may not have situation awareness, or even if they did, they might have a lapse. Can't tell you how many times I've seen women walking to their cars in a parking lot, and I, I watch and I see somebody staring at them. They're not paying attention, but I'm paying attention, and just by yelling in that situation, you can prevent something from happening, but you have to have that, that mindset and that behavior that you've established to be doing that. Let me just quickly share uh, a story from Oral Roberts University about two and a half years ago. Uh, myself and, and three other gentlemen were, were speaking on situational awareness to about 500 college students. And at the end of it, um, a young girl, had to be about 18, stood up and said, well, you have said you guys on stage have about 100 years of experience when it comes to situation awareness. And she admittedly said, well, I don't have any. So she said, how do I develop situation awareness? So I challenged her and I challenged everybody else in that, in that auditorium. I said, take this, put it in your pocket. When you're walking across the quad or you're walking to your car or you're walking into the grocery store, pay attention to what's going on around you. After 21 days, you're going to be able to recognize what's normal, what should be here in, in, in this environment. So, when something isn't supposed to be there, that's when you're going to get that hair on the back of your neck stand up. You're going to be able to have that discernment to your point. You're going to be able to have that situation awareness. Then it's up to you to have established that process to go through, okay, the hair on the back of my neck standing up, something's not right, what is it, what do I do about it? So that's the whole process that we teach.
0: Yeah, and we're not talking about being the biggest, baddest alpha male in the room or in the neighborhood. We're talking about uh, – um, we use the phrase men of presence, that when when your presence is in, you know, in my house or in my church or in my neighborhood or whatever, you add value the same way oftentimes – these people who are up to no good—they're looking for a weak target. They're looking for someone who's oblivious. I hate to say it, the human trafficking aspect. It's usually you know oblivious or apathy or whatever. And you're, you're talking. And I think too, when we talk to our people about this, you're 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 being the sheepdog, as you would say, because it allows the other people just to come to church or just to go for walks in the neighborhood. I want all the older people in our neighborhood just to be able to walk. And I'm telling you, I will. I'll look around for you. You know, let you do what you do. Um, but, man, I just think when God has put that on your heart, you now have a divine responsibility to be that person. But also, to, as you're doing, impart that skills to others and say, just think about this. Just think about what happens when you put your phone away. Just think about what happens when you walk to your car. You don't see all the other people sitting in their cars watching, you know, from windows that are hard to look into. Just, just starting that conversation, even in their mind,
1: that could save somebody's life. Well, and absolutely. It starts with education. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head and that's a big part of what we do at the product group. Um, I, I speak all over the place on situation awareness for free. Um, I also get paid to to do it. Um, but I will speak for free to start that education process about the need to develop the skills so that we can help take responsibility for ourselves and our communities. But you pointed out something that's very, very important. Um, people feel embarrassed or a number of other issues if they can't intervene when something happens. There are so many different things that people can do to help take responsibility for their own safety and safety of others with a, in a huge spectrum. So one of the key skills we teach is being self-aware. The first one, we've already talked a lot about, that's knowing what's going on in your surrounding. But the second one is to know what you're capable of doing. So if you're not somebody that's going to run to the gunfire, that's absolutely okay. It's important that you know that so that you can develop what your plan will be if something happens so that you can help people from not being a victim or keep yourself from being a victim. But for somebody that says they're going to run to the gunfire and then they're put in that situation and they they can't do it because that's not who they are, they're then not prepared. So that's why that's a key and critical part of that as well. I would think too
0: if you're not the run to gunfire person and that's okay. You know, a natural reaction when there's gunfire is typically for the most part get away from it. Like we're not most people are not trained to do that, but get out of the way. I, that's what I th- just just don't get your phone out and take video, don't try to, you know, get it on Instagram, just get out of the way because somebody is going to go there or it's like a fire, don't stand in the way of the firefighters, let them do what they do and get everyone else to safety you know let's save some lives or let's prevent a worst case scenario Um, but until that those things happen nobody really knows unless you are trained and equipped and 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 certainly prepared
1: right And, and I use that you know run to the gunfire a lot but because we talk about all the other threats and we talk about left of bang as possible it could just be whether you have the courage if you see somebody potentially stalking a young girl to yell out and say something, right? Um, we have seen over the last week with what's going on, demonstrators going and taking over restaurants and interfering people that are going on in restaurants. And to your point, what's happening is all of the other patrons are just watching what's happening to this one couple and they're filming it instead of everybody standing up and saying, this is wrong. We're not going to get into a fight or anything, but let's come to the defense of somebody that is, is having to deal with this. Um, there's a lot of power in numbers, and that's how we take responsibility for our own communities, by working together, learning these skills, and, and showing how important it is to be safe. Let me ask you this. I,
0: it's a sports analogy that I learned years ago playing basketball, and, and I've just kind of thought it with church world, grocery stores, ball fields, whatever. I use the phrase, initiate the contact. Okay. If I think someone's creepy or if I think something's happening, I may walk closer to them or I may stand in a, a scenario where I'm, I may even, you know, start the conversation. If I think <clears throat> I'm going to, I want to flush this out. I want to figure out what's going on here. We've had that with churches, people coming in and you're like, I can't figure out what's going on here. What do you say to that? That
1: idea of if you feel like you're able to initiate the contact with someone like that. So Now you've gotten into the third part of being self-aware and to one of the key aspects of of how you de-escalate something that happens. So I talked about the first one, that's knowing what's going on around you. I talked about the second one, knowing what you're capable of doing. Then the third part of being self-aware is understanding that your words and your actions mean something. So all too often in a situation that you just talked about, somebody is going to feel scared. Somebody's going to feel like they're being stalked, whatever the case may be. So when they react to that, they're going to do it in a way that is going to escalate a situation. So uh, and to you know, if you are having somebody coming into your church that you're a little bit concerned about, well, you don't walk up to them and add to the confrontation. You go up and you talk to them in such a way as, hey, how are you doing today? Can I help you today? It's the same thing we teach teachers in, the, in walking the hallway. If they feel comfortable enough to go up to somebody that they don't think should be there, because they have that that ability, then go up and and say, Hey, I notice that you don't have a badge. Can I take you to the front office, or, you know, how can I help you today? I always go back to the third rule of of the movie Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze: Just be nice, right? Until it's time not to be nice. So if we take that attitude with these confrontations, because I've seen it in grocery stores and WalMarts, and you've seen it with people arguing about masks and all of these things, it starts out with somebody being uh, uh, combative and it takes 30 seconds then for that to escalate out of control. If you can not let it get to that point, you get an opportunity to have a conversation to figure out, okay, does that hair on the back of my neck still standing up? Do I still get this gut feeling or now because I've talked to this person, have I been able to answer my questions and my concerns? Um, So that's a big part of left of bang is having conversations, not being afraid either yourself or get somebody to help you. To initiate a conversation to see what's going on. We, we do have a,
0: a culture, a society, however you want to say it, of, of mental illness. There are people that will walk into scenarios and either they don't possess self-awareness or they just don't have all the skills that the average person has. It doesn't make them automatically a bad person. It doesn't mean they're automatically up to no good. So I think that the key of, of that confrontation is sometimes you just befriend them sometimes you realize they're just quirky they're just off a bit or you know whatever it is and sometimes you go no I'm gonna stay I I think I need to stay here we had a guy years ago at an event he was drunk and you could tell he was looking for a fight and I I remember thinking I'm gonna stay as right by him one because he's already trying to size up people and I thought well if I stay close to him he can't swing a punch at nobody so I'm gonna stay Right. right here but the 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 beauty is my thought was let everyone else be at the carnival and do do their deal. And eventually he walked away. Eventually he kind of got defeated and whatever. But I think there's such a tension there that we don't want to perception is not always reality. So sometimes someone who's really off may just be really off. They might be lost. They might be, you know, who knows, but
1: it's tough to take that risk at the same time. It is, but that's why you can have that conversation and find out. Um, especially if it's somebody that that you know that has been coming there a long time. And, and now all of a sudden their demeanor is different. So you figure out what it is. And I'm a big fan of perspective and putting yourself and thinking about what could be going on in this person's life. You don't know what just happened. You know, maybe their dog just died or they had a death in the family or they just lost their job or they had a big fight with their spouse and that has put them into that current mood. And that's why if you take the time and, again, follow that third rule of roadhouse and just be nice and start a, 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 you know, a conversation that's not going to escalate to anything, then you have the ability to find out, okay, is is this really something I need to be concerned about? Um, and then to your point, that sometimes you're going to have that person that is just looking for a fight or is looking for that confrontation. And unfortunately... We're seeing that more and more in our society today, whether it's on the streets of Seattle or it's in a Walmart, it is happening. And there's an old adage that you can go from calm to violent in 90 seconds. I argue that today that's about 20 seconds because people don't have the skills. People are looking for a fight. Everybody is so divisive people aren't listening to learn and to pay attention and to get that perspective of where the other person is coming from, that we're just, we're all looking for that fight. And when we learn these skills, we practice these skills, that's when we have the ability to make a difference. And
0: yeah, it's so true. I, it's, it's almost like we have a society that won't take yes for an answer, no matter what happens. We're, we're always about what we're against right now. And it's so dark and evil and, as I said before, we have a responsibility given to us to protect. And naturally, the conversation with a lot of people, and I've sat across the table with people like this, is you know, they don't like guns. Some guys love them, some guys hate them, some guys are knife guys, some guys are machete guys, whatever, whatever's legal wherever you live. That's the that's the first starting point. But whether it's a, a gun or a, a toothpick, it doesn't matter, or it's your fist, we have a responsibility to protect. So what do you say to the guy that you know he's he's anti-weapon, anti-whatever? But he still needs to learn to protect or be vigilant to, you know, uh, certainly pick up on his surroundings.
1: Yeah, and that's why, for the most part, our programs never start with whether you carry a weapon or not. And that's why we talk about left of bang, because we want people to be able to identify a situation, no matter what that threat is, and to not put themselves in a situation where they're a victim or that they might have to use whatever that weapon is. Um, the other thing that I talk about on a regular basis when it comes to weapons, um, I, am a, I am a very big Second Amendment guy. The Paratus Group trains Level 3 and Level 4 defenders on how to tactically use handguns and, and, and rifles. But one of the key things we always start with is that you have to have situational awareness and have these skills developed before you can even consider using some type of a weapon to, de- to defend yourself or, or to defend others having thought through the mental health decisions that you might have to make and those ramifications is extremely important. Um, You know, in an LTC course here in Texas, you're not going to get much more than 15 or 20 minutes of the types of decisions that you might have to make, that you might have to take somebody's life, and what situation awareness is. I would argue that if you're going to be somebody that carries a weapon and are going to potentially use it to defend yourself or to defend your family or to defend your home, if you're not thinking about those types of decisions and ramifications every single day, then you're not preparing yourself. Um, both to be able to safely use that weapon, um, but then to be able to, to live with whatever decision that you make. Um, so that's why we start everything with situation awareness. But again, it, it goes to left of bang as much as possible. I, the last thing I want to do is have to pull my weapon or to have somebody else pull their weapon. That's got to be the last thing that you want to do, but you also want to have that situation awareness so you don't wait too long that it no it's no longer something that you can use because you waited too long. And in the scenarios that we do for active shooters, for defenders, that happens a lot is that they get caught up in trying to solve the problem. They lose their situation awareness and they end up, uh, you know, being targeted by the weapon that the bad guy has. Yeah. I, th- I, I'm a Second Amendment
0: guy as well, but I I think there's people who have weapons, guns, and who use them as almost a, a form of intimidation. Like they they're trying to intimidate the back. I remember walking behind a guy out of a store one day, and he had in the back of his sweatpants or something sticking out, and I thought, I'm not going to do it, but somebody could knock you over the head and take that from you, and you would have no clue what you know. That's it, just being irresponsible, and it's what gives gun owners a bad name you know the desire is if you're a concealed carry guy that no one ever knows you have it that's that's the point it's it's not to it's not show and tell but it is you do need the training you do need you know to to be aware you do need to be responsible for crying out loud for for that matter if you, you own any weapon period but um I, I think you're absolutely right the idea is um that is worst case scenario because if you pull that trigger not only have you ruined their life your life and everyone
1: else i mean everyone's impacted now forever this is right. not Wild, wild west. No, you're absolutely right, and that's why we have a specific program for gun owners to learn situation awareness and to learn that process specifically as it um, revolves around that weapon, whether it's something they have on the nightstand in their home, and or in a safe by their bed, or it is somebody that carries every single day. Um, that it should be a last resort, that you should go as left of bang as possible to prevent something from happening, remove people from being a victim. It's only in that response window where you're waiting for emergency responders to arrive that if you have the ability to interact and, and intervene, that that's when you should do it. Um, and or your life is being threatened. So, But it's having thought through all of those different scenarios and, and being prepared. And that's why the foundational programs that we have on situational awareness are so important.
0: And you're absolutely key. Once that left a bang becomes your mindset, hopefully you never get in that scenario. And you are talking about programs and things, and I'm looking at your website here. Safety is a cultural mindset. And it really is about getting that mindset right. So, um, Brian, how do we get in touch with what you're doing, the programs you offer, the speaking that you do, and uh, through your social media, et cetera?
1: Well, and thanks for offering that. Uh, our website is uh, www.paratus.group and all of our programs are on there. Uh, we've got programs for parents, high school students, college students, and and people that have second amendment rights that are carrying weapons or defending their home. And we have those four different programs because the narratives change. What's important to a parent to be able to teach their kid situation awareness is different than what a high school kid needs or a college person yeah. needs. Uh, or what somebody that is carrying a weapon. So they're all unique. We have a 90 day e-learning platform so that you have the ability to learn this process and then de- to develop your own mindset and behavior. So they can get to us through the website. Um, they can give me a call and, and sign up, uh, sign me up as a speaker through the website as well, or they can contact me at brian at paratus.group. Or they can contact me by phone, and that's on the website as well 940 231 3195. And I will definitely uh, put the link below this show, you know, on iTunes and
0: YouTube, et cetera. So, uh, Brian, thanks, man, for making time for me. I know we're just scratching the surface of even having this conversation, but um, we need to think about it we need to start thinking about and certainly driving people to places like this where they can get better equipped, trained, and uh, maybe eliminate some fears too. Fear is a punk. Fear really wants to keep you imprisoned. And once you, once you start to that preparation process, you move from paranoia to the confidence of, of creating a, an executable plan that you can at least, you know, day in and day out
1: um, see through. So thanks, man. I appreciate you making time today. Well, thanks brother. I appreciate it. And you're absolutely right. People today are making decisions based on panic and fear and not because they're prepared. And COVID-19 as a pandemic mm-hmm. is a perfect example of why it's so important to have developed these skills.
0: Once again, men, thanks for listening to the Pursuit of Manliness podcast. As always, go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All of them are at Pursue Manliness. Go to Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Pursuit of Manliness and go to ThePursuitOfManliness.com to find all things the pursuit of manliness. Men,
1: thanks for listening, and let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.